Hello and welcome to the Gambler Betting Podcast. We're back after that national break, Greg, and what a break it was for Scotland fans. Job done, job done. Not in the way we'd like by beating Spain, but obviously Norway doing the business and losing to Spain on the Sunday. So it was a matter of time, wasn't it? Until we qualified through one of the four or five different permutations. But great to see us there. There's going to be about a quarter of a million Scottish fans in Germany next year. Easily. Easily, yeah. (laughs) Easily. And yeah, we don't even care that we lost our two international games during the break, really. Um, well, we would like to have done it on the Friday night uh, against Spain, but job done, as you say. And we're delighted to be joined by a fully paid-up member of the Tartan Army and owner and founder of MakeBookie.com, Paul Petrie. Great to have you with us, Paul. Yeah, thanks for having me. Good to be here again. Yep, and I take it you'll be uh, making your way over to Germany next summer? Oh, brilliant. I mean, great news for all Scottish fans, great news for the Tartan Army. Great news for McBookie from a, a selfish hat point of view. Scotland qualifying for a major tournament. It doesn't happen that often. No. Thankfully, we've now, this will now be our second time since McBookie uh, have been in existence that we'll, we'll be at a major championship. And uh, the last one was great for turnover, great for account generation, great for interest. I mean, Scottish fans bet on, on all football. So even if Scotland aren't in the the the, the, the tournament, we'll, they'll still see good good uplift and, and turnover and and, uh, and account generation but if Scotland are there it just takes it to the to the next level so delighted delighted for everyone yeah and this one just feels a wee bit different doesn't it because of the nature of how we qualified yeah exactly and the fact that it gives gives the Tartan army a chance to to go out to a major tournament obviously the last one was held on on uh, British soil so it did feel like we were traveling and also it was during COVID so it wasn't even full True. stadiums either. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, so it was very difficult for even just going out for for a, for a few pints and uh, and watching the game. So uh, yeah, this is going to be completely different, and uh, it's going to be fantastic for everyone. Yeah, plenty to look forward to next summer. But um, Greg, we're in the the midst of this season already. We're back in league action this weekend. Um, over the the course of the international break, we've seen Rangers appoint a new manager, which I guess is the big news. Philippe Clement has come in um, previously with Monaco and a couple of stints uh, where he's won titles in Belgium as well. So by all accounts, looks like a like good appointment for Rangers. I've got no idea, to be honest with you. I've got no idea at all. I don't know much about him. I know he's done a great job in Belgium and he's done obviously well at Monaco, but how many times have you seen someone come into Rangers and it's not worked out? So maybe they're due uh, an appointment that's going to work out for Rangers this time. I've got reminiscing about Kachinia, Paul Le Guin. Could it be another one of those? Mm. We'll soon find out. They'll soon find out, and you'll soon learn that there's um, no place for second best in that league. So you need to get off to a winning start this weekend against Hibs. Yeah, an interesting appointment for you, Paul. Yeah, I mean, he wasn't even one that was in the original betting. In fact, mm. it was a good couple of weeks before before anyone asked for a price on him. So it wasn't one of the normal names that we would be expecting to to get one of the, the big jobs in Scotland. So that took us a little bit by surprise. And once his name was added then, there was obviously some truth in the, the rumours that he was he was down to the interview stage. So um, we'll definitely be interesting to see how he gets on. Uh, probably doesn't know a lot about Scottish football, so he's been quite lucky that he's had a sort of an international break to come in rather than just jumping into a game straight away. 
obviously not had much chance to work with the players because a few of them will have been away on international duty, but, but certainly he'll get a better understanding of the club in that in that time period. So uh, I'm, it's, it's a big game for him straight away. So you'll know yeah. all about you'll know all about it. And uh, as Greg says, managers of Celtic and Rangers don't get much chance to to, to find their feet. So. Uh, he'll need to win the league cup. If he doesn't win the yeah, league exactly. cup, then he's going to be yeah. he's going to be under pressure straight away. Um, so, that, but obviously, there's a big chance for him to win a trophy quite quickly. So, yeah, uh, yeah. F- f- fun times indeed. Yeah, never a dull moment. Um, the task at hand is to try and get into that seven point lead that Celtic have established after just eight games already, Greg. But Rangers moved in the second uh, last time out. They they won at St Mirren. Um, St Mirren went down to ten men. But, don't really think they did much after that. You know, I think that could have probably signalled the end of the game. Rangers are on to win three 0 So a, a familiar looking um, top of the table for us now. Well, definitely argue that they're joint second, submitted on fifteen yeah. points. But you're absolutely right. That's how it will stay now between now and the end of the season. The the top two. You have to say a seven point gap already, plus a I think a six goal better goal difference. So potentially eight points. Ahead Celtic, one to four to win the league. Probably not a bad shout actually. One to four <laughs> Celtic to win the league still with that eight point gap, but it's very very tight below that though. Very very tight. The fact that Aberdeen and Hibs are still in the bottom six, yeah. you have to say both sides are improving after quite disastrous starts. And St Johnston still um, heading up the foot of the table with four points, but they're only three points behind Ross County and Dundee and Kilmarnock. So not yeah. detached yet, but they're going to have to start picking up points, especially at home. Yeah, um, they only, only need another 3 0 draws and that'll bring them level with Ross County, Greg. <laughs> well, we certainly haven't disgraced ourselves <laughs> in any game this season, but such a lack of goal threat and a lack of goals is really killing us. We've been pretty competitive in most matches. Some really unlikely draws that have delighted Paul. Um, no, no, at Celtic Park was a dream start at the start of the season for for Paul probably and the way to Aberdeen yeah. last time out and they'll no draw at Pataudry Aberdeen were very disappointed in that match um, really lacklustre and uh, probably maybe a case of their busy schedule maybe catching up with them but the international break presents its own challenges each club's got kind of a couple of weeks to get on the training ground get players back from injury so you're not starting from a fresh but it does make it a little bit harder from a betting perspective to bet straight after the international break Hopefully yeah. no, that's not the case this weekend. Yeah, we've got a few bets lined up uh, coming up uh, for the weekend and I'm sure Paul will give us his thoughts as well as we go through the games. We're going to have a look at the games in the Premiership. We'll have a, a wee dive into the Championship League 1 and League 2 as well where there's there's plenty to look at. Uh, let's get started in the Premiership then. We'll have a, a start at Kilmarnock against Livingston. Greg, I know you've got a, a tip on this one. Before you get to it, I just want to point, point out that Kelly are seven without a win. Um, having made what looked like a very, very promising start to the season. They'd beaten Celtic, they'd beaten Rangers, albeit Celtic was in the Cup, and I think they went to Tynecastle um, and got a point, uh, but they've not won since then. I don't think it's worrying times just yet for Derek McInnes, but he'll definitely want to get a, a win on the board, particularly at home, where they've not won in the last four. They've drawn two and lost two. Visitors this weekend are Livy. Uh, somehow, top six again, Greg? <laughs> they are. It's, it's, it is very, very tight. They were, I wouldn't say fortunate in a 2 0 win against Motherwell, but a, a red card for Motherwell certainly helped. And it got them another win. So, yeah, on, on 10 points at the moment, Livingston, they won't be top six come May. Aberdeen and Hibs will push up 
and who knows, Kilmarnock, Dundee, Ross County might improve as well. A long way to go, but to have 10 points on the board and be six points clear of bottom place at Johnston's a, a really good start for them. Yeah, and their only two defeats have come against Celtic and Rangers, Greg. Yeah, they're very competitive, Livingston. I watched them play us a couple of weeks ago. In a, was it, I think it finished. Was it one all? I think, yeah, it finished one all. And I'll tell you what, really hard work inside. They've got some absolute units in that yeah. side. Um, Livingston, it's not pretty to watch, but to be fair, there's, there's a lot of sides in that league you can say aren't pretty to watch. They do what they do well, they're picking up points, they're not really going on a bad run. But don't trust me, Livingston will go on a bad run at some point this season, as will pretty much every side in the bottom six and probably fifth, fourth, and third as well. But Kilmarnock at home for me, there'll, there'll be a lot of unrest at Robbie Park if they were to lose this match. I think there are some Kelly fans starting to get a little bit restless at the moment with how things have gone over the last couple of months. But this is the perfect opportunity to get three points on the board. And three points on the board could push them into the top six. That's how tight the, the league is this season so far. I wouldn't say there's been a lot of quality in the league this season. It's been really hard for a lot of low-scoring matches. I just think, given the fact they've had two weeks off now, Kilmarnock, I think they've got a clear bill of health apart from McGuinness. So I think there's been a lot of niggles and injuries that have cleared up now. So they're coming into this match with pretty much a full squad. And Livingston don't tend to travel well. I think it's just five wins in their last 22 on the road in the in the Premiership. There's nothing between these sides. I just mm-hmm. think at home, advantage. Kilmarnock need to get a win here. And with a, full fit, a fully fit squad, I think the 21, the 20 to 21 we got, just a shade below evens on Monday, uh, is worth backing. Yeah, it's not moved in a much. I think it's 10 to 11 at bet 365. Uh, Paul, I would be reluctant to back against Livy personally. They're 72. Um, and just based on that record that they've only lost to Celtic Rangers this season, probably enough to put some doubt in my mind about a commander win. 100%. Greg just said there's none between the teams, but happy to take odds on at 10 to 11 just to shade, shade against. I mean, they may well win, but I certainly wouldn't, have, wouldn't be a backer. Uh, at the price they are now. I mean, I was amazed when I looked at the price for the the, the programme tonight. Kilmarnock at odds on at home. I mean, just, you wouldn't touch them with stolen money. I mean, it's just absolutely scandalous price. If I was backing anyone in this game, it would be Livingston at at, at over three to one. Um, Really be a watching brief though on on this particular game because, because it is so difficult to call. But if I'm going for value, then, then it would be, it would be Livingston. Yeah, but that's why Greg gets the big money to put his neck on the line for games that's like this, Greg. That's that. I'm tipped <laughs> up on a Monday when they're odds again. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what it's all about. Uh, I did want to point out the referee, Greg. Uh, Craig Napier has only refereed one game in the league so far this season. He booked six players when it was Hibs v Livingston. Uh, he has refereed 11 games in total this season and sent off five players already. <laughs> well, with VAR being in place, there's every chance you'll see more red cars happening across the matches. Don't know a lot about them, but I'm not overly concerned about who the referee is for this game. I just think whoever scores first here, I think this is probably the case across a lot of the games in the Premiership. Whoever scores first probably won't lose the match. I know that seems really obvious, but teams are really kind of well-matched, and there's probably seven or eight teams. There's not a lot between them, and that's the case again here. I just think Kilmarnock are due a win. They have to get a win here and they're pretty much at full strength. So come on the Kelly. 
Yeah, okay. Uh, let's have a wee look at Rangers v Hibs. As we say, it's Philippe Clement making his uh, Ibrooks bow um, in front of the Rangers fans. There'll be, I'm sure, an air of optimism, if nothing else, about the appointment of a new manager at Ibrooks, who, as we say, did win three titles in Belgium. Um, and I guess this game kind of pits the two most recent appointments in the league. Nick Montgomery, who Hibs are still unbeaten under uh, ball having come back from uh, two down in the, the Edinburgh Derby to salvage a point. Yeah, I mean that was obviously build build a little bit of confidence. By all accounts, they were absolutely awful in the first half, and Hearts uh, um, maybe should have won that a little bit more convincingly. But other than conceding the, the two two quick goals, uh, difficult game for for Clement uh, in his first game. Um, wouldn't back them at four to eleven. Would have backed them on the handicap. Probably not. I think again, this is a, a watching brief for for me on this particular game. Um, Hibs at thirteen to two, maybe a bit of value, but you you wouldn't really you'd want a bit a bigger price for for Hibs at, at home against Rangers. Yeah. I think I think it's because it is his first game of the season. It's probably a little bit more shorter than than it normally would. If you would get an eight nine nine to one, ten to one sort of thing, which sometimes last season you were getting for for mm-hmm. Hibs. And, Hibs and Hearts uh, at, at Selig Park and, and Ibrox. So maybe then it would be worth a bet. But um be interesting to see, for me, it'll be interesting to see what sort of squad he, that he puts out. Who will he play up front? Uh, obviously, the boy Dessers has been under a lot of criticism from the Rangers fan. The boy Sam Lammers has been under a lot of criticism. The signings that, that Michael Beale made haven't impressed. Are they going to improve under the new manager or is he even going to give them a chance? Who's he going to go with? That's going to be the, the, the interesting part for this game for me. And then once I see the sort of team that he's putting out, we'll get a better idea of, of how he's going to approach his, his time in the job. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if we can get a tune out of some of those players. Um, Greg, I don't think this is necessarily the gimme that the 4-11 suggests. No, it's not. Nick Montgomery's done a decent job at Hibs. Three draws, two wins, coming back twice against Hearts. I think Stephen Naismith will be absolutely sickened by that. <laughs> two quick fire goals. Now, it's quiz time, though, in this match. So, fingers at the buzzer here. How many matches now are Rangers unbeaten against Hibs? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can back a bit, probably. I can't even remember the last Hibs win over them. Remember they drew five each, didn't they, in the, the last game of the season, one season? I don't know, easily 20 maybe. Paul? I mean, it must be a big number, otherwise you wouldn't be answering the question. <laughs> so, I'll, I'll go 25. 19, so well done. Oh, oh, yes. well done. <laughs> Used to have discussed this before. Huh? <laughs> 13 wins and six draws in the last 19, so it's not a fixture that Hibs enjoy. Yeah. It's probably a free hit for Hibs in this match. I, I think 13 to 2 is a bit short for Hibs. You'd be looking for 8, 9, 10 to 1 normally, as, as Paul said. Over 2.5 goals at 4 to 7. New manager bounce for Rangers potentially. I think that's probably likely to happen. I do expect Rangers to win this match at, at 4 to 11, and they'll probably be quite a popular bet on, on the ACA. But I think for me, looking at Hibs matches for goals, Hibs have scored, I think, two or more goals now in five of their last six. So they are scoring goals, Hibs. I still think they're very suspect defensively, uh, as the Edmund Derby showed. But I think this is probably a match best left alone. There's probably some opportunities here on, on the bet builder, but at the moment, uh, it's no bet for me. 
Yeah, Paul, while you're on the podcast, I just want to ask you a quick question about James Tavernier. And the James Tavernier was Rangers' top goal scorer last season with 16 goals, his second top goal scorer this season on six goals already. He's penalty taker, he's free kick taker, and he's pretty handy um, in regular play as well. But he's continually quite far down the betting um, when it comes to any time goal scorer and first goal scorer. This weekend he's 13 to 8, and there's what, one, two, three, four, five players ahead of him in the betting. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, any time goal scorer is based on the first goal scorer price. So that's it's just that's one of the problems with the algorithms that that, uh, that, that this this comes up. I mean, as you say, really, it should be based on the fact that, oh, they'll possibly get a penalty as well. You'll be taking free kicks. So you could potentially look at it that way and say that's where the flaw in, in these algorithms are. But all any time scorer prices are based on the the first goal scorer price. So it just it just whatever he is for first goal scorer, that's what it comes down as him. Um for first goal scorer he's thirteen to two, so that yeah. automatically yeah. makes him a 13 to eight chance. Um there's a few there in the again, problem with the first goal scorer market, isn't it? That three of them will probably not even start the game. So straight away the prices are, are wrong. That's why there's some value in the the First goal scorer market and uh, the anytime scorer market. If you could, if you could catch that, when we put up our prices for the top goal scorer at the beginning of the season, can't remember off the top of my head what price Tavernier was, but again, it was oh, just shows you you've got a Rangers defender in there for top goal scorer. <laughs> Piece of nonsense, imagine that. Just shows you how bad Scottish football is, and there he is scoring all the goals again right. up the top of the charts. It's like, I mean, the, I mean, the top goal scorer market at the moment is is a nightmare because. There are guys who we quoted who haven't even scored yet. You've got Matt O'Reilly on five goals for Scotland already. Somebody's asked what price him to end up top goal scorer. And you're thinking, you say, well, you probably think he's got no chance. But as we've seen before, settling midfielders could easily get up to yeah. 16, 17 goals. That might be enough for him to, to get a place. So you can't be sticking him in as a, a 40 to 1 chance sort of thing. Um so that, 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 that's why the top goal scorer market in Scotland is so tricky to price up. You, you are expecting one of the main strikers at Celtic Rangers to, to, to grab a few goals and end up winning it. But so far, Boy Danilio, Dessers, the Lammers, the three Rangers strikers that were quoted, nowhere. Yeah, yeah. I just always think that Tavernier just always seems to be overpriced when you consider his goal-scoring record. Forget the fact that he plays right wing-back. You know, if he was playing anywhere else on the park, then he would be much higher up the bet in most instances. Again, he's, he's one that's proven popular in the bet builders. Adam and, and any time scorer, plus a, a few other few other selections as well. The, when you see the bet builders throughout the throughout the day, they, those are yeah. the sort of players that, that people people will yeah. add in. Yeah, makes sense. Okay, um, let's have a look at Ross County v St Mirren. Ross County's second bottom, Greg, but things are so tight down there uh, that had uh, had their game against Indeed going ahead and they'd actually won that they'd be sitting top half at the moment um, they welcome St Mirren I think we said before we came on certainly Bet365 couldn't separate the two both at 17 to 10 McBookie actually goes 74 on Ross County just based on form I would have had St Mirren as slight favourites here you'd have to say so there's Eight points between them, running the start of the season really well. Had so if Ross County were to win this match and they've got a game in hand, I think next Tuesday or Wednesday night against Dundee in the match that was called off a few weeks ago, 
if they were to win that match as well, no, it's all ifs and buts. They could potentially go two points behind. <laughs> so, yeah, We've yeah. had the best of our season since 1935. So it's so, so tight. And I think the markets dictate that no one's really got a clue how this game's going to pan out. 17 to 10 for, for, for both sides with bet 365. I know Paul's got them at 7 to 4, I think, for for, or for for Ross County. For me, though, it's a nice corners angle. Ross County have been hitting some pretty impressive numbers this season. Uh, 8, 6, 4, 2, 6, 5 and 5. Now, those numbers may not sound huge, but they did hit 8 at Celtic Park. They hit 4 at home to Rangers and they hit 5 against Hearts and 5 against Aberdeen. So they are hitting some really good numbers. They're at home. This is definitely a match that they'll see as winnable. And that's no disrespect to St Mirren. But any home game against a side who you think will be in and around kind of bottom six or pushing that top six place, you'll be looking to try and get some points from. And this will be a game that Malcolm McKay and his team will be looking to get three points from. And I just think Ross County to hit four corners here is, is a really strong shout. I think they'll probably hit five or six, to be fair. And St Mirren have been shipping quite a lot of corners recently. We we'll see a lot, loads to be fair. Six, eight, eight, seven, and ten in the last five games. So they've shipped six or more corners now in all five of the last five games. So I think Ross County corners here. I've got no idea how this game's going to pan out, to be honest with you. But I do think Ross County at home needing to get a win. And St Mirren's away record, as we as we know, isn't the best. So I just think back in Ross County corners here to hit four is part of a bet builder that I've got in the match between Morton and Inverness. Yeah, we'll get to that shortly. Um, Paul, I would imagine most people will probably look at league tables here and see similarly priced teams and look at St Mirren's a bit of value at 17-10 this weekend. Yeah, definitely. And I would I would have to agree with them on that. I think the bookies are still underestimating St Mirren. They held their own against Rangers for the first 20 minutes before they had the man sent off. They've had good results against Hearts this season away from home. I think they were they were about five to two for that that game. Mm. Um and, and they, they picked up the victory, performed well against Celtic as well. So I think I think at the prices again, I know other bookies have them fifty fifty and, and that probably even then that still I think for me represents value on, on St Mirren. Um these are the games I like. St Mirren, seventeen to ten, Livingston 33-10, better going for the outsiders as such when there's nothing between the teams uh, and taking your chance on that. Um, obviously, it's difficult again. It's an old cliche, but it's, it's going up to the Highlands, Ross County and Inverness, Cali when they were in, in the league. It is a, it is a difficult trip for a, for a lot of these teams. So that, that that is one thing that I think is built into the price and that's probably why there's a little bit more more val- value. I think if the if they were up again, if if Ross County were closer to to St Mirren, then th- there would probably be a shorter price. But it wouldn't surprise me to see St Mirren go off favourites in this game. Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think as I say, punters will probably look at that and think there's there's some value in the price yeah. as it stands at the moment. Uh, okay, next up we've got St Johnson v Motherwell. Greg St Johnson still bottom. Very good point at Pataudry for St Johnston, another 0-0 draw last time out. That's two draws in a row, but they're still without a win, as you say, lacking a bit of firepower. Really lacking going forward. We've played pretty well in some matches without really threatening the opposition goal. Looked pretty well organised. Defensively, we're not, we're not being hammered. We're, we're not detached. Teams aren't walking all over us. We are pretty competitive, but... 
you need to score goals to win matches and we always look like considering at least one goal. It's quite remarkable that we've managed to get two of our points away at Celtic Park and Aberdeen, mm. uh, two of the toughest away games on the calendar. So great points away, but we need to start winning at home. Our home form is horrendous. I think it's two wins down, 15 at Medema Park. And that's been an issue now for a good couple of seasons. Yeah. These are the sort of games that we really need to get points from if we want to stay up. Because I still think, given the fact we're not detached yet, one win completely changes the outlook on, on the league table. But if we were to lose this match, that's Motherwell on other side who we're not going to catch. That would see, I think, Motherwell at this early stage go nine, nine points ahead of us which I think even at this early stage is too big a gap because I don't see where the ones are going to come from. But home matches for us against the cliche, kind of the bottom six sides are huge. And 7-4 for St. Johnston, 6-4 for Motherwell. No bet for me. There's absolutely no bet at all for me in this match. I wouldn't want to call it, but I definitely couldn't back us. That, that's for sure. We don't pose enough of a goal threat to be backable. And that, you didn't have to say, is, is there any value on Motherwell at 64, who are sitting pretty decent in fifth place, 10 points, and making inroads in top six and staying top six. Yeah, I just kind of think the Motherwell, we were, we were kind of waxing lyrical about them earlier in the season. Greg, they'd actually started the season really well. They went four defeats in a row now. Those defeats, I mean, there was a late, late goal um, when they thought they'd nicked a point against Celtic. They then they've lost the Rangers as well. They lost to St Mirren, which was arguably, you know, a, a battle for second place, I think, at the time. Yeah. Their most recent defeat against Levy is probably the most concerning for Stuart Kettlewell, but I just can't see Motherwell going five games, uh, five defeats in a row, given I think they're quite a, a decent side under Kettlewell and he's done really well there since he went in. He has. He's done a great job. I think he's had a lot of credit, Stuart Kettlewell, deservedly so. But from a betting perspective, this game is just stay well clear. Stay, stay well clear. I, I certainly would not be back in St Johnson at 74. No. Paul, would you be back in Motherwell at 64? No, no, I wouldn't be back in any of these two teams. I mean, Greg's saying there that uh, that things are still tight at the bottom there. St Johnson were odds against to, to finish bottom of the league before their result against Aberdeen. They're now 5-4. to four. Um, Dundee seven to two and and Ross County uh, four to one. So they are still only three points behind. But as Greg says, they need to start winning games pretty sharpish. Um, otherwise, I think it's going to be a long season for them. Yeah. Just on that point, Paul. Obviously, we're now at what two and a half months into the season. Most sides across all four divisions have played seven or eight matches. How are things looking on the at post front? Not good. From a bookie's perspective, I mean, thankfully, League Two is just still impossible to call, <laughs> and we'll probably come on to that later when you'll be slagging me off for the teams that teams that I'm going to be picking. But that, I mean, I think it's four to one in the field still, and that's that's for four teams in the betting are all four yeah. to one. So, so that that's that's particularly tough. So, in terms of a a, a fourfold ACA throughout the throughout the league, it, it's it's not going too well for punters, but the top three um, top three leagues, Celtic, yet popular, Dundee United, again, I think Dundee United will probably get over the line. I mean, I mean it's amazing to think that the, the first game of the season, they started so well and then they've had a couple of, couple of shaky results. But again, two last minute goals have, have managed to get them, have managed to get them dr- 
get them points. So that's why yeah. they've managed to, to stick up the, the, the top of the table. We've got a few liabilities on uh, Dundee United to win the league and Lewis Molt to be top goal scorer. So every time he gets injured, we're happy. And every time he comes <laughs> back and scores a goal, it's like, oh, good to see. That, that's that's not great. But, but I think Brian, again, Graham, Brian Graham might save you. Yeah. Well, that's, but we've got, unfortunately, somebody tipped him up for top goal scorer as well. So <laughs> either way, I think we're going to be losing on the, the top goal scorer in, in that league. I think, again, we had the conversation at the start of the season uh, about Wraith Rovers. They look like they'll actually be Dundee United's main challengers. Um, but you look at that a couple of weeks ago when Arbroath absolutely hammered Park Thistle 4 0. <laughs> where on earth has that result came from? Because yeah. I was thinking, oh, Park Thistle might be the ones that could do us a favour. Um, and then, but then they, they had a, they had a good result against Air the following week. And, and uh, I just think, I think the championships, although I think Dundee United will win it, it is still it's going. I think this is a, it'll go to the end of the season again. And then thankfully in League Two, uh, sorry, in League One. It is a two-horse race now, Falkirk v Hamilton, but I, I think that'll go the end of the season as well because I think they're so far ahead of the, the other teams. And yeah. as we saw when they drew 0-0 in the, the, the BBC Alba game uh, just before the international break, they're quite uh, they're quite tightly tightly mar- matched as well. So um, but I think the good thing is that the leagues will be open in terms of from a betting perspective for, for quite some time. Yes. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Interesting. Um, let's get back to the, the last couple of games that we've got in the Premiership. We've got Aberdeen against Dundee, Paul. Uh, Aberdeen, probably the, um, I was going to say the, the international break came at the wrong time for them. They had looked as if they'd actually started to find a wee bit of form, a couple of wins over Ross County. Pretty disappointing their draw at home um, to, was it Hacken? No, who did they draw with? In it's Europe? Oh, no, no, sorry, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I think it was Hacken, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and then that 0-0 draw was St Johnson, so they'll be looking to get back on uh, the winning front this weekend against Dundee, who still just won defeat in seven, uh, Paul, so they'll be relatively happy with the start they've made back in the top flight. Yeah, definitely. I mean, Mark, who, Mark Walker, who comes on our podcast, he's seen Dundee a few times this season, doesn't think there'll be a problem with them staying up, being very impressed with them. Whether they'll get a result against Aberdeen, uh, I don't know. The good thing for Aberdeen is that they've not got the Europa League to contend with this week. And again, we've said it so many times and it's a, a cliche now, but these teams that play in the Europa League on a Thursday, just don't back them on the Sunday because they're just yep. not able to cope with the, the games so close together. Um, so although we were saying that St. Johnson was a, a, a good result, and it was, it wasn't unexpected either because the, the, the when Aberdeen Hearts last season when they were in the, the the Europa League as well when they came and played on the Sunday Sunday they struggled so uh, that'll help them that they've they've not got that so they'll probably probably win quite easy and everybody will be thinking that's great Aberdeen are back on track um, and then and then they'll maybe struggle the next time they play on the Sunday. Yeah, and just on that point, they've got Palk on Thursday night at Pataudry, I think it is, and then away to Kilmarnock on Sunday for a 12 o'clock kickoff. <laughs> uh, so there you go, 13 to 8, Kilmarnock priced up already. You heard it here first. Paul, <laughs> uh, Patrick can claim that one when it comes in. Uh, yeah, so any opinion on this one, Paul? Aberdeen 3 to 4, Dundee 16 to 5 or thereabouts? It'll be one that I hope that, that Dundee could get a result for because Aberdeen will be in a lot of Akis and, and three to four is an attractive price in terms of uh, in terms of pumping up the the potential returns. So 
Uh, if we could get if we could get them beat, I think it will end up being being a decent Saturday for us. So that'll always be uh, a game that we'll be keeping a not having a bet in myself, but I'll be keeping a, a keen interest in. Yeah, Greg, you were at Petorji for that now and draw against St Johnston. Um can Dundee go and do something similar? They can. Dundee have already shown they can frustrate some of the bigger sides. They went to Easter Roads I think two or three weeks ago and collected a, a point and a no-no draw. Don't get me wrong, I think Hebb's dominated, but we did say that Dundee will make life difficult. Dundee's away form though isn't isn't the best. I think clearing an Arsenal break probably came at the right time for Aberdeen in that They've played a lot of matches. I think they've obviously played two or three or four games in Europe. So probably quite good for them to get a couple of weeks of respite, come back fresh for this game. Aberdeen fans will be fully expecting three points from this game against a newly promoted side. And I agree with what Paul said about Mark saying Dundee should be okay. And I'm I'm fully expecting Dundee to be okay. Uh, I think they'll be finishing around the kind of 10th or 9th position mark come, come May. They were disappointing Aberdeen against us, I must admit. It was very, very flat, but I'm not expecting that here. I think Aberdeen will get the job done, and I think the three to four is definitely worth backing. And also, Dundee's record at Pataudry, dearie me, you two probably had a full head of hair last time, <laughs> last time that Dundee got a win at Pataudry. 2004, December 2004, so almost 20 years ago, was the last time Dundee won it up at Aberdeen. Jeez, yeah, I think I probably did have heard that, <laughs> to be fair. Um, that game's at six o'clock, Greg, but I don't see it live on TV anywhere. I presume that's so Aberdeen can sell the, the broadcast rights themselves. Well, I, just, I, I think it's more about um, Saturday Night Football, I think. I think there's a yeah. few clubs that have piloted it and Aberdeen yeah, and yeah. doing it this week. So should be a decent crowd at that match in the pouring rain. If the game's on, there's obviously some really bad weather in the north-east of Scotland at the moment. So hopefully that, that game continues to be on. Yeah, it's a good point. There's severe weather warnings up in the, the north east of the, the country. So yeah, there might be a few games that are casualties this weekend. Um one game that is live this weekend is Hearts v Celtic at quarter past two on Sunday. And it's always one of the best fixtures of the season, Paul. It's live in Sky Sports. Yep, yep, gonna be a good game. Um obviously Hearts will be disappointed that they gave away that leading the Edinburgh Derby. So it'll be interesting to see how they, they bounce back from that. Five to one hearts at home. Again, you'd probably want a bit bigger if you're going to be backing against them. I think probably the most frustrating thing for for, uh, for Rangers fans, the fact they are seven points behind because Celtic haven't been great this season either. Nope. Um, yeah. get, but the thing is they've been getting the results. Um, and that's that, that's obviously as we've always said the mark of a good side to be getting the results but but they haven't been impressive I have been impressed by the the, the new sign-in scored a couple of goals so far again we were asked for a price on him to um, for a price on him to end up top goal scorer um, do you want for the life of me I can't remember can't um, remember so, his name and he's, he's not even in the betting for uh, Palma is it Palma is it oh yeah Lewis Palma yeah yeah um, and he's not even in the betting for the scorer uh, this weekend, so I don't know if he's if he's injured or whether we've just not added him in. Um, but I've been I've been reasonably impressed with him uh, so far, and I think he could be he could be a danger man if, if from a score. But actually, here he is here, thirteen to two to score the first goal. Um, I, I think he's he's a bit of value. I think the bookies have, have forgot about him coming in. Uh, got that goal against. Um, 
against Lazio as well that was that was knocked off for VAR, right. didn't yeah. it? So, so he, yeah. He, yeah. He, he definitely looks a danger. And he's, like, he's likely to start with uh, Leia Labada being out as well. Yes, yes. And I think that that's these are the these are the, the things that you've got to look for in the, in the scorer betting because again we've got um, we've got one two three four five six players ahead of him in the in the betting. So clearly, who, the boy that's done our prices isn't really thinking he's going to be starting. And if you're getting that for for Celtic striker, then yeah. then it's, it's good value. Yeah, and uh, it'll be an interesting one, Greg, on Sunday. I think although Celtic haven't been playing well, they are starting to build a wee bit of momentum. Um, they've got a big game against Atletico Madrid coming up this week. Hearts, as Paul said, they've thrown away that two-goal lead uh, in the, the Edinburgh derby, so that was a sore one for them. So they'll be looking to bounce back as well with a bit of a performance in front of their fans. And interestingly, I think there's more about 500 Celtic fans uh, in the stadium this weekend as well. So I wonder if that will have a, an impact on what happens on the pitch. I think they've got a pretty good record in this fixture, Celtic. I know Paul's got Hearts placed up at 5-1. to one. I'm just not convinced of Hearts at the moment. And I know Paul made a good point about Celtic. They haven't been playing that well, Celtic, this season. Um, they get the job done. They are starting to play a little bit better now. 1-2 to two for the for the away win in this match. I just I know I say this every week, but... I just think Stephen Naismith is a man under pressure every week. And if they lose this one, I know they're not expected to get much from this game, but you have Hearts fans obviously voicing their concerns on social media. So I think Celtic will get the job done in this game. I think yeah. it's, probably the, it's probably the biggest price they've been as well. You don't, don't normally get Celtic any any bigger than kind of one to three away from home, even at places like Tynecastle. So I think they're 40 to 85 with um, with McBookie. Looking forward to the game though. I just I just think at the moment I'm not entirely convinced by Hearts. Normally this should be a very very difficult game for Celtic, but I just think they'll have enough to get the job done. Yeah, and I think your point about Stephen Naismith, you know, it's so tight around that kind of part of the table from fourth right down to eleventh that there's there's a fair few teams could overtake Hearts before the game even kicks off at the weekend. Do we have a price, Paul, on? First manager, to, next manager to leave. We've not repriced it since uh, since the new Rangers boys came in, eh? So we'll probably have to get around to that. I think you'll be fine because they won't sack him before the no, no, cup no. semi final. So um, I think you'll, you'll certainly have a couple of weeks anyway before that. Remember, though, remember when we were discussing the <laughs> first manager uh, at the beginning <laughs> yeah. of the season, and lo and behold, we were talking about the boy at Hearts and what happened, and there you go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, listen, we didn't do a goodwill gesture, but the, anyone who backs Stephen Naismith to be the next Harps manager who didn't get paid out will be absolutely raging with Anne Budge in the Harps board. Eh? Scandalous, Aye. isn't it? Yeah. And embarrassed themselves by doing that interview as well. Why did they, why did they not just say, no, we're not speaking about it, and have a quiet word in the ears of the journalists and say, come on, lads, you all know we're the manager, so let's no keep up the pretense and what have you. They've really shot themselves in the foot for me, Hearts. They've got such a great setup. They're in a good place financially, on and off the park, looking good in terms of they've got a decent team still. But I just don't think they've got it right in a managerial position at the moment. And I think that will be addressed at some point this season. Yeah, I think we we discussed that in detail, didn't we, in the anti-post uh, podcast, yeah. so it, it still just feels like a matter of time. And the next two games are against Celtic and, and Rangers, so yeah, a tough couple of weeks ahead for uh, for Stephen Naismith, potentially. Okay, let's have a wee quick look into the Championship. Uh, 
where we've got Dundee United, as we say, they're top of the table by a point from Braith Rovers. And again, a few teams tucked in under that. Patrick Thistle were both Airdrie, Dunfermline, Queen's Park, all within four points of each other. Uh, we've obviously had the arrival of Big Dunk at Inverness as well, Greg, um, and he's won one and drawn one since he's gone in there, so not a bad start for him. They're away to Morton this weekend, and you think there could be a wee bit of value on Cali. It's probably twofold for me, this one. Number one, there's no doubt about it, Inverness have got a lift since Big Dunk came in. They think picked up just one point from their first six matches and he's come in a cracking win at Arbroath. And bearing in mind, Arbroath at that point had been absolutely flying. So to go there and win, pick up a really good draw at home to Thistle uh, as well. So four points from six so far for Duncan Ferguson's side. And they just look a bit overpriced for me away to Morton side who are bottom, joint bottom with Inverness um, in the championship. I think one less than seven now for, for Morton. It's been a pretty tough season for Morton so far. Mm-hmm. Uh, Inverness have also signed excellent Johnson, double cup winning legend David Wotherspoon <laughs> on a short term deal. So that's a great coup for them if uh, Wotherspoon's fit. He should be playing probably. Premiership football could be still, but a great addition to Inverness and the Championship. I don't think I could be having Morton at 23-20 for this match. I just think momentum at the moment is probably siding towards Inverness, new manager. There'll be a completely different air and kind of feel-good factor around Inverness at the moment compared to what there was two or three weeks ago. And at 23-20, Morton looked very vulnerable for me. And there's probably there's definitely an angle on Inverness. I think they're twenty three to ten to win the match. Um I'm just checking what book you've got them at. Uh, the yeah. I just think double chance. I think they can go there and pick up another point, at least another point, uh four to six. And that pays uh a double with the Ross County Corners bet. And that double pays um five to four. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as I say, we'll recap these bets before we finish up the podcast. Uh, Paul, yeah, it's been really interesting seeing Duncan Ferguson coming back into Scottish football and uh, certainly in the early days he's made a, a positive impact at Inverness. Yeah, and that was another one when we were betting on the next manager market. He came from absolutely nowhere. Yeah, so, uh, yeah. so again, a good coup for Scottish football. Good that it wasn't one of the normal names that were floating around. So that, that, that was, that was an, an excellent appointment. He was rubbish at Forest Green, so we shouldn't be getting too carried away. Although, by all accounts, Forest Green have, have struggled again this season, so perhaps there were bigger problems there that, that couldn't be solved by, by a manager. But, as Greg says, the fans have definitely got behind them. They seem to be happy with the, the performance. They'll give them uh, a good good bit of time to, to give them a chance to, to turn things around. Inverness Cali were well back to the beginning of the season, so they've got the squad it should mm-hmm. be good enough to get results against more and yeah, to be yeah. challenging at the top of the table. I think he's brought in Gary Bolin as well, hasn't he? As as, a, as assistant manager, which I think is a, I think a good say, As his left back there for a second. <laughs> well, uh, he's still doing a good job. Uh, I, think that's a, I think that's a good appointment. Um, I thought he would maybe go for Ray McKinning because, remember, he actually left to join him at Forest Green the day yeah. before he was sacked, didn't he? So, <laughs> interesting that, that he didn't he didn't go for him at Inverness Cali. Um I mean, the video's doing the rounds where he's coming up to the fans and uh, punching his fists and everything. It's it's great. And it's 
it's funny because you see the, the when anything's put out about Duncan Ferguson now on the, the Inverness uh, social media, all the Everton fans are getting involved because he's such a big hero still yeah. in, in Everton. Yeah. So that raises the brand of the championship as well. So all in all, a good appointment for Scottish football. No bet for me in this game. Um, haven't haven't talked him up. It's a no bet. Well, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, <laughs> I, st- I still think I still think he needs to prove himself a couple of couple of more games before beforehand. Um, oh, as you said, good result against Arbroath, but Morton had a good result. Um, in the I know it was only the Challenge Cup, but the, yeah. the they scored they scored I think it was four goals and four in one. They beat Kelty, I think. Wasn't yeah, it? yeah. So that 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 was a good that could build them a bit of confidence. Uh, I mean, Dougie Emery was actually quoted for the Inverness Cali Thistle job as well. So uh, don't know whether he was interviewed, whether he got offered it, or or what have you. But there was strong rumours that that he was going to be getting it. So. Uh, could be interesting to see if he's wanting to get over over one over Duncan Ferguson to show the Inverness Cali Thistle fans that maybe should have went for him. Absolutely, and they're desperately needing him, aren't they? Um, okay, well, as I say, we'll recap those bets, but Greg fancies Inverness on a double chance. It's part of a double there. Uh, one bet I do like to look of is on Friday night, uh, Paul Airdrie at home to Queen's Park. Airdrie, prior to, I, can, I guess, a surprise defeat to Air last time, they'd won three at home, uh, which is where they've done all their good work this season. Yeah, well, I, I backed them against Air Paul, so that'll explain. That's your fault. Please don't back them on Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, again, and, and, and this is Queen's Park, well tipped at the beginning of the season, had a couple of good results, but when you're expecting them to win, they've just not produced the, the results. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think Airdrie are definitely definitely a, a, a good bet in this game. Rhys McCabe has been getting a lot of plaudits, got Airdrie playing um, some good football. You never like to see people move on. Certainly, Airdrie fans won't. But his next move is going to be going to be really interesting. He's got to leave at the right time because if he doesn't, then he could easily go on a bad run for Airdrie and end up getting mm. sacked. So I think I think I've said maybe said this before, but I think the, the key skill of a manager now is also knowing when it's time to leave. Um, Look at Gal Davison, Paul. Well, double cup winner. And he ended up getting sacked because ultimately nobody came in for him, or there wasn't a, a right move for him at the time. Exactly. Exactly. He, I think he's. Yeah, I think he's done a fantastic job, but he's obviously still a really young guy, uh, still learning his trade. But yeah, if the opportunity comes up at the right time, he'll be snapped up. Yeah, yeah, and and slightly different from him though, because I, I don't think he could have left straight away after uh, after St. Johnson won the cup, could he? Uh, I think Reese McCabe's going. I think he's going to have to just quit, if you know what I mean. Even if he's not got, a, <laughs> do you know what yeah. I mean? But even if he's not got a job to go to, sort of say to himself, right. Kevin Thompson did it to an extent. Now maybe Kevin Thompson didn't want to get back into management, and he's doing a lot with uh, with the media and what have yep. you. But whether he'd left Kelly for other reasons, but he's left as a league winner. He's not. He's not. He's not got any bad marks on his CV yet, mm. sort of thing. So um, I, I think that, that that's a key. But I mean, boys were asking for prices for McCabe to be the next Rangers manager, and I know. <laughs> I, 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 I mean, we put him in the bet, and obviously didn't think he, he would have much chance, but. Um, I mean, he fancies his chance. He did a he did an interview with a with a podcast um, a couple of weeks ago, and he said he wants to move on, want a better things. And I think at the moment, the way Adrian playing, uh, he's got he's got every opportunity. Yeah, 
Yeah, and can I just point out that any Airdrie fans listening can direct any um, responses to Paul's last couple of minutes to Paul directly. Don't bother coming to us. <laughs> He's on uh, at McBookie on Twitter, just in I, case I get, you're looking for him. Interestingly, every time we do the next manager market, we get Airdrie fans coming on. So, <laughs> I'm glad Reese McCabe's not quoted. I'm like, yeah, he's 21, mate. you just got to go further. Just got to go further down so the down. list. <laughs> um, so anyway, Friday night. Airdrie, I think, look at a decent price. Uh, they're 65, 23 to 20 uh, with McBookie, Queen's Park. Amazingly, not once since that doubleheader against our broth, Greg, and we spoke about how they just wished they could probably play our broth every week. And that was back in, back in August, I think it was. Six games, five defeats and one draw in the league since then. Yeah, it's not been a great couple of months for Queen's Park. I really don't know what we're going to get from them in, in this match completely understand why people will be backing um, Airdrie in this game. That was a disappointing result for them against Ayr, mm. who we'll touch upon in a, in a minute, but it's I'm probably going to leave this game alone, but I totally understand why people will be backing um, Ayr in this, Airdrie in this game. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of Ayr, um, any inside info from our Mo? <laughs> Somerset Park. <laughs> Our Somerset Park Moe has suggested that they're going to win the league. No, he hasn't. <laughs> um, I think what's happened here, they, they went through a really tough period. A lot of injuries, as we kind of called out, defensively really struggling. Had to bring in quite a lot of young players from the lower leagues in England to kind of patch up the squad. But I, I would say they're on, a, on an upward curve at the moment here. They mm. have won two of their last three. The one that they lost was a really tough 2-1 defeat against kind of high-flying Wraith Rovers. But other than that, the bat scoring goals. Anton Dowd has, I think, scored three in his last three matches, which is good. The injury list is starting to clear up. They, they blew away Queen's Park 5-2 and obviously a great win at Airdrie um, last time out. So scoring goals, but still struggling for clean sheets here. I think they've conceded now in each of their last eight games. And they travel to what? Dunfermline, who I think they blow, blow pretty much hot and cold, don't they, Dunfermline? Don't really know what you're going to get from them this season so far. Been very inconsistent. But I think Ayr's tails are definitely up. And this should be a good game, I think, at East End Park. And I would probably suggest we'll see an entertaining match. And both sides getting on the score sheet. I think goals for me in this match looks the best approach. Yeah, Paul, you've kind of hinted at Livingston at a was it Livingston at a big price? Who else? Dundee? No, sorry. St Mirren it was. Uh, do Air United fall into that category at 13-5? I wouldn't. I wouldn't think that they fall in that category. I mean, I do think that Dunfermline at home, I mean, they are they are, they are are a better team than, than Air. Um, it's not, it's the 50-50 games that I, yeah. I, I like to look at for, for going for, for the bigger price one. Uh, I know Air, as Greg's just said, I've had a couple of good results in the last couple of weeks but I still want to see them performing at a little bit higher yeah. level before uh, I mean I think it was only three or four weeks ago where they were absolutely hammered from Parrick Thistle in, uh, in the Friday night game so um, I'd want to see I want to see them putting a little bit more better performances before, before I was backing them um, we do the special each week both teams to score and um, and all the championships games always proves popular. Normally, there's one team that lets them down, but there's certainly goals in in these games. Yeah, what price is that coming in at this week? Do you know? Oh, I've not done it. Let me just let me just. Quickly it's nine check. to uh, say five to six over two point five goals. No, but oh, for, sorry for for all of the games. For every game, 
every game, just over a 12 to 1 shot. So we'll probably put up to about 14, 15 to 1 in our Tartan top ups. Yeah. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Um, okay, so if I can tempt you with Air United at 13 to 5, can I tempt you with the Wraith Rovers at 17 to 10 away or both? Yes. No. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I mean, well, this, I don't think this game's going to be on, though, really. There's obviously, uh, I mean, the, the weather up in the Angus at the moment is is absolutely awful. So, obviously, the advice would be to to wait until you see if the games are going to be on before before you place your bets on Saturday. Um, I yeah, don't so think this game's I don't think the game's going to be on. But yeah, Wraith would be one of these ones in this category, second top of the league, one of the favourites for the league. I know. Of Listen, I know Arbroath. I mean, in my mind, Arbroath were still that team that played Dundee United in the first game of the season yeah. and how, how bad they were. But they, they have obviously had some terrific results so, uh, since then. Scoring goals as well. Um, so, I mean, this one could even be one Wraith to win and both teams to score. Uh, but no, it would definitely be. This would be one of the games that I'll be back in the away team. Yeah, it's 11 to 8 are both, 15 to 8 Wraith, and I think about 1 to 5 that the game is going to be postponed, yeah. probably the way things yeah. are going, unfortunately. Um, the only other game that we've not touched on, Greg, is at Fur Hill, it's Partick Thistle against Dundee United. And we've touched on the fact, obviously, Dundee United are top of the league on 18 points, but a win for Thistle here just takes them a point behind them. It does, and again, it shows you how tight this league is. Thistle were on a good run, then lost... To, to Arbroath at home they were hammered at home from Arbroath and that was a massive coupon buster and it definitely put a smile on Paul's face but this game itself I think it's really difficult to call this one I really do I couldn't back against United but Thistle at home strong at home Brian Games obviously scoring goals um, I was very surprised to see how strong a side Jim Gibbon put out for last week's game against Peter Head in the Challenge Cup and it's something obviously I shared on the channel. It's pretty much a full-strength team. It wasn't far off a full-strength team in that match. And they ended up winning 2-0 against Peterhead. I don't think they'll lose this match, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it in the draw. So very much sitting on the fence for this one. But goals is very likely given the strikers involved. I think both sides got goals in them. But again, I don't think either side's great defensively. United do concede quite a lot of goals. Although, albeit only once, but a lot of both teams have scored in their games this season so far. Mm. Uh, Paul, it's the two highest scoring teams in the league as it stands. And McBookie have been reasonably generous, I think, at 45 on over two and a half goals. Do you know what? This is going to, This is a massive game, though, for Dundee United. And this is one of the, the, the games when Hearts were in the league and they absolutely stormed the league. Um, these are the games that Dundee United should be winning because it yes. shows that they're the, better, the best team in the league and, and what have you. Um, so normally you'd be thinking, oh great, getting eleven eight on Dundee United, and and if they are going to win the league easily, then they should be picking up three points. As we're suspecting that they're not going to win the league easily, then for me it puts a bit of value on on Park Thistle at, at thirteen to eight. Played each other already in the the, the Challenge Cup uh, this season, um, so. I think Park Thistle won that 2-1, didn't they? Um, yeah, had United beaten Wraith Rovers, Paul, I'd have been all over United in this match, I think. And we would really fancy United to win this game, had they beaten Wraith. But another another draw for, for United, it's probably put me off this one a little bit, I think. Well, the, and, that, and that's that's exactly it, is it? You sort of be looking at it and thinking, yeah, you wouldn't be getting 11-8 on Hearts when they were in the Championship, when no. they absolutely strolled it. 
so that's it. You've got to decide to your, you've got to decide didn't where you're punting brain. What would you go for Dundee United eleven eight, Park Thistle thirteen eight? For me, I'd be going for Park Thistle thirteen eight. I might want a little bit bigger, uh, yeah. and we'll see. We'll see who's backed on on Saturday. And if it, if if Park Thistle got to near two to one. Then, I'd, I'd imagine they will, Paul. I'd, I see United being shortened. I think well, United yeah, will, have the, will have their backers this weekend. Yeah, well, it'd definitely be, it'd definitely be a player at that price. Yeah, it's a goals bet for me. <laughs> uh, okay, let's look at League One. We've got Falkirk and Hamilton both top, both unbeaten, both on 23 points from the possible 27 so far, and both shared uh, an LL draw when they met just before the international break. Uh, Paul, Hamilton are 1 to 5 to beat Edinburgh City, and it's unusual to see such a short price at this level. Amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, and Edinburgh City have been, have been poor so far this season, and, and Hamilton have actually been really, really good. Um, I, th- I think it's probably a little bit too short. Um, I-, I think they'll be they'll be in all the Akas. Um, but I mean, I wouldn't be wouldn't be backing them myself at, at one six. I wouldn't even be backing them on the handicap. They obviously, had a great result against East Kilbride in the the Challenge Cup last week, scoring scoring five goals. But I think I think Hal and, and Falkirk are head and shoulders above uh, above these teams in in the league. So. Much of it will depend on probably the games when they play each other. But yeah. from a Hamilton perspective, Falkirk perspective, any points that they drop against these other teams uh, will put a dent in their, their title ambitions. So, um, well, so I wouldn't back them up at one to six. Falkirk and Hamilton will be going off of that price a lot this season. Mm. Yeah. The fact that Edinburgh have been so bad is, is the reason. I mean, I think Falkirk are one to two. We might come to them later. So, again, I mean, that double every week. Yeah. Not, not not normally one to six, but that double every week has has, has been proven popular. And I've seen a couple of bets on it already. Um, yeah, I'm just looking at it just now. It's kind of eight four point eight four to one the double this weekend. So, so five to six the double. Five yeah. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. So not far off. Um, In the city, I think sacked Al Mabry a few weeks ago. I didn't oh, even so notice that. I didn't yeah. even notice that. So I, I don't know. If he's been replaced yet, or yeah, he has. He's happened? been replaced by the boy Michael McDowie. Uh, I don't think that's how you pronounce his second name, but remember, he used to play for Bristol City. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, no. Scot- Scottish Scottish winger. Uh, right. And and if you look him up, he got he got arrested for a for a Ponzi scheme where apparently oh. ripped off he apparently ripped off loads and loads of footballers uh, and was making an absolute fortune where he was nicking all the money off the footballers as it was. He got found. He got there was no charges laid against him, so that allowed him to restart his football career and what have you. Uh, but yeah, I, 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 that's not how you pronounce his second name. But look it up after the, after the oh. podcast. He's certainly got he certainly got a, a lively background. But um, I, I don't know if he's got a full cap for Scotland or whether um, whether he just played for the B team. But um, I'm pretty sure it was Bristol City, and I think he maybe moved to Coventry or something. But yeah, saw a picture on Twitter. Manager's first first uh, day in charge. I thought he was in charge of the women's team because right. I hadn't, hadn't even noticed that that Maybury had been sacked. Yeah, so, no surprise he's been sacked. Maybury it's obviously been a really tough season for Edinburgh City so far. I must say, League One, other than the top two, you'd have to say it's a bit of a surprising table at the moment. I, I think Montrose you'd expect to be up there challenging for playoffs, but two sides who have been massively disappointing for me. Not just because of let us down this season, but Cove and Queen of the South have been really poor this season. You'd be expecting them to be well up there, challenging at the top end, and they find themselves 
in sixth and seventh place. It's, it's quite tight, so they're only kind of five or six points off third placement shows. But those two teams, I would say, have, have had a really poor season so far. And would have, been, would have been two managers under pressure, especially Paul Hartley, hadn't they won 3-2 against Annan last time out. Yeah, and speaking of Queen of the South, it's, I don't, don't think they've won since August, Greg. No, it's against it's, over Rangers. It's been really poor. Five defeats in the spin now for Marvin Bartley's side. And I don't think Queen of the South fans are, are too impressed where we're there at, at the moment. They lost last time out at home to Stirling Albion, who, away from home, have been really poor. Really good at home, Stirling Albion, but on the road, disappointing. So he's probably managed under most pressure at the moment in this league. That, that victory for Paul Hartley last time, it was massive. They're final up after an hour against away the whipping boys, Annan. Annan scored two late goals, and I think that brings the, the goals total to like 20 goals in the last four games, Cove Rangers. Yeah, which leads us nicely into one of the bets you've got in League One, Craig, uh, in their game against Montrose. Yeah, it does. It's hard to back against goals in any match involving Cove at the moment. Scoring goals, but they just cannot defend, and it's a real Achilles heel for them. I think had Paul Hartley lost that game against Annan, I don't think he would still be there. It's been such a poor season from them, especially coming down from the Championship. You'd be expecting them to be a little bit more equipped and competitive in this league, but they've really struggled. As I said, they blew Annan away in the first hour of that match, 3-0 up, which is great. Annan pulled two goals back and made it a really uncomfortable last 10 minutes for Cove, but they got the job done. I have to say, Montrose look a bit of value here for me in this match. I'm struggling to understand why Cove are 7-10 to and Montrose are 3-1. to Montrose are having a great time of it at the moment, in really good form, Montrose. But I think this match for me is worth backing goals. And over two, over 3.5 match goals, I think, pays... Um, yes, 13-8. That's quite a nice price. And when you look at Cove's recent games, 2-2, 2-2, 2-2 and 3-2, um, that, that bodes well. Montrose in, in good shape at the moment too, so fully expecting both sides to score. And hopefully Cove can continue their scoring run of scoring two and conceding two. <laughs> yeah, we just hope that's a game that survives the weather up there as well. There's some 50 mile an hour winds expected uh, up in Cove on Saturday. Um, Brings else, the thunders. <laughs> <laughs> anything else catching your eye in League One, Paul? No, well, interestingly, we've got our own podcast, and Tam McManus has tipped up over two and a half goals in that game. So great minds are thinking alike this weekend. Um, but uh, I mean, I've, I've no, nothing overlay in that in this particular league. I mean, Montrose would be one at ten to three. That and under my uh, under my theory, I would be back in. There, there is nothing between the teams. Cove Rangers should not be odds against in this game. Basically, absolutely not. No. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And as you said earlier on, Paul Falkirk eight to fifteen, one to two, away to Stirling Albion. will have its backers. Anna at home to Queen of the South and. I backed Queen of the South last time out against Stirling Albion and I said I'd give them one final chance. So I'm not touching this game on, on Saturday. But I do, I do think there could be goals in this game. Annan do pretty well at home, to be fair. They struggle away from home, considering a lot of goals, but I do think we'll see goals in this match. Yeah. 
Okay, Greg, we've shied away from League Two quite a bit this <laughs> season, um, and uh, rightly so. But we've got a couple of picks between yourself and Paul this weekend. So let's have a wee look at his five feast and raw. And I know you fancy goals here for his five, and it's no surprise considering the amount of goals that Strenra have been shipping recently. Yeah, it's, it's been dreadful, hasn't it? Strenraer are a side that we often back at home, but even at home recently, they've really struggled. East Fife had an awful start to the season. Now, East Fife were possibly joint and post favourites, along with a couple of other sides in League Two. I think we're expecting good things from East Fife, along with maybe Stenhouse Muir, Dumbarton, and Peterhead. But an awful start, but they are starting to turn the corner. They are beating them four in the league and um, have lost just one of their last six. And they welcome us from our side in absolute free fall. They've lost four in the spin and have conceded an eye-watering 14 goals in, in those four matches, and they'll still be having trauma and counselling sessions from their last trip to Bayview, hmm. where they were hammered 8-0 back in April. Uh, on the road, as I said before, Stranraer don't pick up many wins away from home, do a lot of good work at Stair Park, just four wins in 23 away games for Stranraer. East Fife finally like they've got their act together and I'm back in the home side to score two goals here against a really leaky Stranraer defence and I think in this fixture East Fife have scored two or more goals in 10 of the last 14 games 11 to 10 for two East Fife goals in this match Yeah, I think it'd be easy to look at East Fife's uh, league table uh, the league table and see that East Fife only scored 7 and 8 Greg but as you say they do seem to have turned the corner a wee bit in recent weeks Yeah, I think looking at tables, I don't tend to get too excited about looking at tables. I'm more interested in recent, maybe the last three or four games. I think tables can be very misleading. Um, Over the last three or four games, these five are definitely the right selection here. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of the top of the table, Paul, we've got Peter Head, who lead the way at the moment. They are two points ahead of Dumbarton. Uh, Dumbarton, they are at Spartans this weekend, and they possibly fall into that category that we spoke about, of a decent uh, price away from home. Yeah, 100%. And as, as Greg says, East Fife were near the top of the anti-post betting. I mean, we have had an absolute nightmare with our betting on, on the League 2. I think we had Clyde up the top of the betting, <laughs> East Fife, Forfar. I mean, just Everyone. absolute. Oh, just absolute awful. But now we've got Dumbarton 3-1, Peterhead 3-1, Stenhouse Muir 3-1. Just shows you how, how, how tight it is. Then it comes Spartans at 6-1. We've actually got Spartans as our, our biggest loser in the, the anti-post market. I think we originally laid them at 20-1. And I think their bubble's going to be bursting soon, and that's why I'm happy to take them on. I mean, listen... They've been impressive enough in the in the division and and they're rightly uh, near the top and and they could well end up challenging for the title but they've, and they've done better than than I expected them to do but uh, I think in this situation Dumbarton they've had some good results they've also had a couple of bad results and that's the thing we lead to again when you think someone's going to go on a run uh, they end up they end up with a with a bad lost, lost the odds on away to Elgin. Yeah, well, that that was it. That was it, wasn't it? Yeah, absolute scandalous, isn't it? You're sort of looking at that and thinking, what is going on? Uh, but yeah, I think I managed to get St- I managed to get Stenhouse Muir a couple of weeks ago against Spartans, and um, and and the sneak I think they sneaked a one 0 win or something. But they were over two to one, and so I'm going to take the punt on Dumbarton this weekend as well. Um, Mark and our podcast has tipped up Peterhead. He's going for that idea, but for me, Stenhouse Muir are just a little bit better than than. Um, than, than yeah, Spartans, that's a really so, tough game to call. Yeah, game. Obviously, the Roland McAllister effect, effect back in full swing. Yes, your head. 
Peterhead are absolutely flying, but they probably couldn't be going to a more difficult place in the league. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So I would, I'd be leaving them, but they but again, I wouldn't put anybody off backing them, no, no. backing them at two or one. Uh, yeah, and I think I think it probably speaks volumes, Paul, that the top two teams are two to one this weekend to win. Yes, yes. <laughs> Tells its own story exactly. in League Two. Exactly. Um, okay, anything else in League Two before we wrap up? Nope. Nothing no. for me, nope. Okay, dog. Right, let's have your bets for the weekend then, starting with you, Greg. So starting off in the Premiership, I've got Kilmarnock at home to Livingston, and I'm taking Kilmarnock to win that match at twenty to twenty-one. I've also got a, a bet builder involving Ross County and St Mirren, so I'm taking Ross County to hit four or more corners, and I'm also taking Inverness double chance away to Morton, and that pays 1.86 to 1. I'm taking Cove versus Montrose in League One, over 3.5 match goals at 13 to 8, and I'm also taking in League Two, East Fife to score two or more goals at home to Stranraer at 11 to 10. And Paul? So the two I'll be doing are St Mirren at 17-10 to beat Ross County and Dumbarton 2-1 to beat Spartans. I'll be doing them as a single, two singles and a double and um, the double pays just 7-1. Do you know what I did a couple of weeks ago? And this just shows how ridiculous that a, a, a bookmaker is. I went in my lad Brooks and I used one of the machines and I was doing the bet two singles and a double and I, I put on the wrong stake and left £20 in the machine. <laughs> like, went to pick up my winnings, went to pick up my winnings and the guy gave us the wrong amount. I went, no, you've settled that wrong. Starts explaining to me how bets are settled, right? And uh-huh. I'm, I'm just looking up thinking, am I going to say anything or am I just going to have to, to just accept it? I went, I went that's, that's a £10 single in the double. He went, no, it's only a £5. I went, that means I've left £20 in the machine. He phoned up the shop to see if it was still there. Gone. <laughs> Long gone. gone Long gone. So, so I've got to learn how to use them machines. Uh, that's a, a, a lesson expensive learned. lesson. Expensive <laughs> lesson. Yeah. Because I don't want them. Because I don't want the, the person by the counter recognising my face. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm sure your face is well known in the bookies, Paul. <laughs> no, exactly <laughs> not. I wanted last. Uh, okay, brilliant stuff. Thanks very much, guys. And don't forget, you can follow Greg on Twitter at Browning eighty four Greg, where you find all the details on how to join his private channel. And of course, that means you'll get access to any bets he puts up between now and kickoff time on Saturday. And of course, if you're in Scotland, and don't already have a McBookie account and make sure you get along to McBookie.com Still Bet5, get 20 Paul. That's Yep, yep. So excellent offer there for McBookie.com as well. So make sure you give that a look as well. And that's us for this week. Thank you very much for listening and best of luck with your bets this weekend. Cheers guys and all the best. Thank you. Take care.